This is the Game Central podcast. It's happening right now. This is it. Do not accept any imitators. Oh, the bloody imitators popping up everywhere, imitating what we do. You can't move for it. People ev- just talking about gaming news and what they've been playing recently. Don attended the Avengers Age of Ultron premiere last night. Also, Josh Whedon showed up as well. Don, if you had to spend £900 on an unbent spoon to meet your regella, what on earth did you do to get this opportunity? <laughs> I just went out with my girlfriend. I don't think yeah. so. How, yeah. how did you get invited? What happened? She, she Well, she's press. It was a press uh, screening. And so okay. she got free invites. Uh, free? Free. free. Sorry? Free's a crowd, isn't it? That was my invite. Free. What was yours? No, you can only get a plus one. And I'm her only plus one, so... I thought I said three. There you go. No. Yeah. Just... Uh... Oh, well, there you go. Plus, you're in Manchester anyway. You, you wouldn't have made it in time. Yeah, but it would have been nice to be thought of. I Go did on. think of you. I thought of laughing at you at the thought of seeing it before you. <clears throat> oh, my God. And that's exactly Sun what cream or hat. <laughs> Sun cream or hat, Don. I'm sorry? Sun cream or hat? Oh, hat. Brilliant. Gareth was also invited to the Grand Premiere Steak Night at a certain Weatherspoons last night. <laughs> Gareth, if you were a moon, marooned, or not a maroon, if you were marooned on a desert island and I could only take a knife, spoon or fork, which one would you take? Uh, I would take the spoon because it's worth £900 and I could use Fantastic. that to barter onto any ships that were passing by. Especially if it's Yuri Geller's ship. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I also think that you would acclimatise becoming feral pretty rapidly. You are already three quarters of the way there. That's just about your hair and that is good. Yeah, yeah, the top three quarters. Yeah. I uh, I mowed an old lady's grass today, and that's not <laughs> that, is, that is the best euphemism you've ever used. Don't pretend it <laughs> Thank isn't. Thank you. I must say also that I didn't do it from the kindness of my heart. I did it for <laughs> karma, and I broke her lawnmower. It was ancient. It didn't even have one of those surge projectors on it. So if I'd run through the call, it would have been, good night, Rob. Either that, or I would have gained superpowers because, Gareth, and I'm not being racist, but let's be honest, there are a number of superheroes who have gained powers from freak accidents, like in the film Lawnmower Man. Now, you've... <laughs> there's lots of different freak accidents. <laughs> have you seen Lawnmower Man? I haven't. No. Oh, God. Yeah, they've made a sequel that was amazing what was it about Don I'm quite oh, interested I, I can't even remember it was the most insane piece of shit I've ever had to sit through but, but it wasn't a superhero film <laughs> no it, it, oh. it, oh, it's just so weird And but Sean um, Pierce Brosnan was in the sequel oh, or was, he in, was he in the first one they're, either way they're shit don't watch them but they're hilarious oh, okay. well so sections that have been dropped from now on Gareth's Williams has been dropped. Gareth, I really feel you didn't give it the time it deserved, and I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to try and bring it up every week. I felt you were pretty much phoning it in uh, when we were doing it before. But one section that definitely will not be dropped is Don's Hot Goss Ip. Gaming news that is so hot, you probably haven't even heard of it yet. Zelda being delayed? Check. Secret characters in Mortal Kombat? Check. 
I guarantee you that combined with the sultry background music and sexiness of the news on offer, you are listening to this on the bus. You won't want to stand up in public because you will be positively engorged. Resurrection. <laughs> so there we go. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've got the news, what's been going on, the big news this week. We don't know because Gareth has just put it out. I would would have written something about it uh, leading on into it. But obviously, when you're just given the news 10 seconds before you're about to do it, it makes it pretty hard. Then we're going to go on to our feature, which, to celebrate Don seeing uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and not Gareth, um, we're going to be talking about superhero games and how they have evolved through the generations. And then following that, we have the absolutely amazing What Have We Been Playing? Uh, and this week, we have Don's weekly withdrawal program, which entails working together with his local outreach community team leader, Brenda. We have put together a five-step program in order to help him get off the addictive beast that is destiny. This week, his challenge was to play the first hour of Wolfenstein The New Order. I really hope it went well for all of our sakes. But first, before anything, it's Don's Hot Gossip. Okay, so Don's hot gossip. This is just gossip. It's not news. It's news that's so premature. It's not even news yet, and it's still in the fetal stage. So what have we got this week, Don? That's true. Hello. Oh, this week's hot gossip. Well, it concerns Star Wars Battlefront. You'll be very glad to hear. Or will you be glad to hear? Is it gossip you want to hear about Star Wars Battlefront? Is it? Probably. I I think I'm looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to that game, even though apparently it's got no single player. Or is that true? Mm. Tell us, um, Tom. Well, there's a couple of bits of gossip here. Apparently, you will be able to play this offline against bots, or in other words, AI, as it's been previously called. For some reason, they're just calling it bots from now on. Um, but apparently, there's also some hidden bits in this game. And they seem to have actually teamed up with those people at Marvel, if you can believe that, uh, to create special level in uh, apparently in Asgard. Brilliant! How fantastic is that? Don, Don, Don! With some skins where your stormtroopers will actually become Thor or Loki, and you can go around smashing up the Chitari as uh, as Thor or, or uh, Loki. What a brilliant, Don, brilliant, lovely, lovely, lovely thing! But it seems that you're taking the mick out of this section in a similar way that Don, uh, Gareth did with his willy arms. So <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Is, that is genuine gossip. There is, uh, that, is, that is such gossip. There is, there is a hidden stage rumoured to be not actually Star Wars related in Star Wars Battlefront. It may or may not be Asgard. That may have been a slight embellishment due to the Avengers link this week. But yeah. the raw facts of the gossip remain true. Raw. Right, so thank you for giving it to us raw this week, Don. You're welcome. Thank you very much. That is Hot Gossip. News this week. Uh, Goat Simulator is now available on Xbox One and Xbox 360. Uh, Now, we loved this game quite a while back, didn't we, Gareth? It's really fun game. The old hits. 
Did you find the hidden meaning behind it, or uh, the hidden meaning is uh, a goat uh, is not an animal; it's a state of being. Wow! Fucking <laughs> okay, hell! There we go. That's, that's <laughs> fantastic. Would you let well, seven ninety nine at the moment, Gareth? Is it a game that you can sit there and get a lot of enjoyment out of, or is it kind of when you've seen sort of what you can do, it kind of loses its appeal rather quickly? Um, it's like a ten trick pony. There we go. Um, but obviously, once you've seen all ten tricks, yeah, uh, you might not want to see them again. I had a lot of fun going in kind of blind, like I didn't really know what to expect, and then I was playing it yeah. co-op, and I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I don't think I've played it since, though. So, yeah, and I mean, a lot of people like myself watching it on Twitch and stuff. You know, I've seen sort of the super jumps it does and things like that. Things that had I gone into it blind, I would have found quite amusing. Yeah. But I think that I've kind of, once you get it, you get it. It's like if you go in blind, you're like, oh, this is quite funny, this is good. But I think once you get what it is and its limitations, you then see it for what it is. So, you know, mm. yeah, I mean, uh, if it was a man. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. What big night are you going on, Gary? That was me getting a text. <laughs> Who'd you get texts from? Uh, my Stephen nan. Stephen Hawkins. Your nan speaks like that. No, Absolutely we... disgusting. <laughs> right. Assassin's Creed Chronicles China reveals launch trailer. Well, no. it's been getting. Sorry, every time I hear the words Assassin's Creed, I just have this automatic reaction to just say no and just blank it from my brain. Well, the thing is, Don, they're trying to win you back around with a kind no. of side-scrolling uh, 2D beat-em-up thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this just... is all the rage back in the day. Yeah, I know. Even if it's a good game, I just don't care. I cannot be doing with any more anything to do with Assassin's Creed, ever. It's kind of that apathy you I feel can't take it anymore. you used to mention, like, Call of Duty, uh, just stuff like that, or FIFA yeah. when it wasn't very good. The as a series, it doesn't matter if you're trying to get it back on track. I think the central premise of Assassin's Creed, and I said this with Unity, even though the game plays quite well, the the actual concept, the story, is no longer very interesting. So, if they said right, we're going to start everything from scratch, to play place in China in 1526 when the Ming Dynasty starts to crumble, that's fantastic. But yeah. I would like that as a standalone game. And like I said, I think the whole animus, um, and you can't spell animus without anus, remember that? <laughs> that stuff they need to move away from because it, would be, it just feels like the game's constrained by it. And it almost as if someone higher up saying, no, 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 we have to stick with this. This is what we started with. But they've had various games with it. And I'm just not interested in the central premise of what Assassin's Creed is. And I know you feel the same as well, Gareth. Yeah, I do, which is like... I mean, I dislike Assassin's Creed more than most people, I think. Yeah. But... I have an argument with Donna over who hates it the most. <laughs> <laughs> but when I heard, you know, Assassin's Creed set in, like, China, you're like, that's interesting. Yeah. Not like fucking France or whatever the last one was, which sounds... That just sounds boring coming out well, of Well, it's just like somewhere. a palette swap, isn't it? Just text changing a few textures of the buildings. Yeah, whereas like China is so far removed, you feel like they could do some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they go and make it side-scrolling, which feels like a huge waste. Yeah, and not only that, 
but it would adhere to the same plot that we found uninteresting after Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. But there we go. You know, it's just, just trying to stretch. I think the series is at stretching point, really, to be honest. A lot of people are, um, didn't enjoy Assassin's Creed Unity, and they're trying to do a spin off series as well. Uh, oh, no. Mario Kart. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Gareth. Not only have you said that uh, Mario Kart DS is probably the best Mario Kart, but you also uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit uh, is one of the best ones as well on the Game Boy Advance. It's a very good game. Uh, yeah, It's more like the SNES version with uh, just sort of flat courses because um, yeah. they're a bit limited by the hardware. But uh, yeah. You could do a lot worse than uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, like Mario Kart 8, for example, on the Wii U. Oh, yeah. And what is it in particular that you have a problem with that, Gareth? Uh, basically everything. He hasn't even What's played it. What's going on with it? your Wii nowadays? Occasionally I'll play uh, Smash Bros. Ben. on it, but it's basically just a Netflix machine now for my girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, bless her. Did she say, Gareth, I want to watch something on the telly? You're, Get a tablet out! Get a controller! Get a Wii U controller! <laughs> no. Put the headphones in! Don't look at me! <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me! And then, I, you're just breaking the steak apart. I, fortunately, I have my own bedroom with my own massive TV in, so that's not an issue. You both have different bedrooms? Yeah. You have a bedroom each? Oh my god, having your own bed to yourself is the best thing. Okay, so where does she sleep? At the, on the floor? In her own bed. We each have our own bedroom, with our own massive bed in it. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? Are if that's true. Like some kind of secret hardcore Christians? No. It's just amazing. Rings. <laughs> I can be playing games till three in the morning, I don't wake anyone up. And then I can fucking lounge about in my bed, splay out however I want. Splayed! You could do what I do when my girlfriend's around here, which is have her sit on the sofa next to me, and she just reads until she falls asleep, and then I just can keep playing video games. Read until you fall asleep! (laughs) Don't look at me! (laughs) But the thing is, you two have been together a long time, haven't you, Gareth? Yeah. So you're kind of living like a couple in their 50s. But you just enjoy your own space and you don't want to be around each other. Uh, I guess. Brilliant. But with this Mario... Have you been together since 2001? When this game originally came out? No. <laughs> no. When did long. you get together? What age was she? I'm, I'm not, I don't want to go into that. Oh, come on. Just an age. So we got some sort of idea. She was of legal age. Shall we say that much? Is that what you're fishing yeah, for? Yeah, yeah oh. that's... A, Okay, I'm just trying to make a joke about the But, I mean, Game Boy Advance <laughs> games, let's be honest, they haven't aged the best, have they? They're not the best to represent on a blown-up screen, particularly. Mm. Um, but if you've got strong feelings towards that game, hey, download. Gareth's not going to stop you. Uh, Heroes of the Storm, which sounds like a game Gareth would play and then get annoyed with it and then stop playing, uh, will be released on June 2nd. Blizzard has announced. They've announced it. Uh, what is the game based on, Gareth? This really looks like it's in your zone. It's the game I've been playing for like, the past few weeks that I've been mentioning every week. That's why I said it sounded like something you would like. <laughs> so I was still right, wasn't I? I guess, yeah. It's, um... so what's going to be in the full game, Gareth? 
Uh, well, we're not 100% sure because it's still in beta up until that point. Um, but the game feels basically finished. Uh, there's like 30 heroes, 7 different maps. Um, and obviously the whole point of like this genre is that you just keep adding heroes for people to spend money on. So that's how you sort of make money. Um, and yeah, so by the time the game comes out, potentially there'd be like 40 heroes and stuff. And they're going into open beta on 20th of May. So yeah. people get a good uh, few weeks in the beta if they want. But by all means, you're enjoying it, aren't you, Gareth? I, it's the game I've been playing most this past probably month, yeah. to be honest. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Bethesda teases its E3 2015 conference lineup. Uh, well, there's no word of a Fallout 4, but Don, do you think this is all smoke and mirrors? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Thank you. Um, well, surely <laughs> this will come up in your gossip sooner or later, won't it, about Fallout 4? Is there any gossip down in that hot gossip juice machine that you've got pumping up down in there your might be basement? A, there might be a little puddle forming in the basement. Oh, yes. Then that's where you see. read it from, isn't it? I look into the puddle. The puddle. Yeah. I, read, I look into the puddle, I give it a stroke and watch the ripples just bounce back and, and forth. And your own reflection. And then I read the future. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. But don't... Don't, and then you make that noise. But don't give away, don't give away your magic, Don, because someone else may copy your elaborate setup. They can try, but they they don't have, you know, what it really takes to to read. Thank you, Don. Read the pool. Read the pool. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so uh, basically, what we're looking at here is uh, invitations. Uh, you're invited to Bethesda's Evry. Well, we're not. We never oh. get invited to anything because we're just not important enough. Uh, but I'm quite happy because I can see that it looks like there's going to be a new sort of Wolfenstein coming along. Absolutely love that game. And if it gets a sequel, it'll be thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. Don't let us know what you've done, Don. What? I'm saying they've only just brought out, or they're just about to bring out, the sequel to New Order, The Old Blood. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite weird that they'd be announcing another Wolfenstein game. Well, we don't know. We don't know if you're interested in that, that or not. Okay. No, we don't know, do we? We'll we don't know. Well, I have to wait and see. Wait right. And see. So, Gareth, you we they've got quite a few good games on their on their show. The Elder Scrolls. I would absolutely love a new one of those to be uh, mentioned. Pretty much, not the Evil Within. And I think all three of us agree that Dishonored was a little bit shit. hyped up. No, it's not shit. It's not shit, it's just it's a concept that was interesting at first, but they didn't really do I don't know, it's a really confusing can you explain it, Gareth? What happened? It's a first person stealth game with terrible yes, stealth mechanics. Why was it held in such high regard? Uh because people yeah, are idiots. I don't know. Oh okay. <laughs> Mortal Kombat X introduces his first gay male character. And I didn't know you were in it, Rob. Top character from Bob. Way there we go. That's quite good. Well done. Thanks uh, so much. Mortal Kombat X introduces his first gay male character into the gaming franchise. So that's going to stop you buying it, isn't it, Gareth? Uh, no, me having no money is going to stop me buying it. 
This is quite a well-regarded studio in 2K. Yeah. Which is... Uh, but, but, hmm. but that's the problem, isn't it? When you're a company, I presume uh, 2K is an American company. Yeah. I don't see what the benefits are of having a sort of development studio in Australia. Yeah, I think that was ultimately its undoing. Because, like, yeah. costs of running a video game business in Australia, like, they don't have any tax breaks or anything like that for that kind of business because... Mm-hmm. There's no businesses over there that do that, so it no. probably just wasn't financially worth it in the end. Yeah, but it's a shame because, like I say, it just shows that hard work and releasing a great game is is not necessarily going to give you the uh, success that you deserve. But isn't that the way life is, though, Gareth? Uh, yep, very much so. We all get kicked in the balls pretty much daily, and uh, we just have to <laughs> take it. Just have to take it. Thank you for copying what Gareth just said. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so, on to the feature. Hi everybody, Gareth here with your weekly video game music section. Uh, I've been... Looking for quite a lot of music this week uh, because the superhero uh, game segment is coming up next. I uh, just wanted to have a really good superhero feel all the way through. So you'll be hearing a lot of classic themes uh, for superheroes as well as some of the newer ones for them as well. Uh, hopefully you recognise them all. Um, and some you can't really help but recognise because they've been drilled into your brain over <laughs> many, many years. Um, but then I was sort of struggling for what to put for the music segment and then it suddenly hit me flash of inspiration Crypt of the Necro Dancer is out of beta this week finally on full release on Steam and one of the best soundtracks I can ever recall being in a game um, made by Danny Baranowski who was behind the music for Super Meat Boy also one of the best soundtracks for a game so what I'll be playing for you is two tracks from the Crypt of the Necro Dancer soundtrack is the uh, track from Zone 1, Level 1, and Zone 1, Level 3. And I hope that you thoroughly enjoy them.
Luthor, Kingpin, Vulture, Red Skull, Ming the Merciless, Bullseye, Doctor Evil, The Penguin, The Guy from Despicable Me. What do all these supervillains have in common, Gareth? Um, nothing, by the sounds of it. Don? Um, they're all from movie films? No, they are no. all bald. They're uh, all bald. You're right, they are. Well then. Bald people cannot be trusted. They cannot even be trusted to keep their own hair. They are truly <laughs> evil. What's more, none of them have any powers whatsoever. Or supernatural powers. They are just bald and bastards. But fortunately, <laughs> even though they are bald, none of them have a height complex, which would make things very complex. You may be wondering if this is an introduction to this week's feature, and in a way it is, but mostly it's just to insult Don. Superhero <laughs> games. That is today's feature. Ever since computer games began, we have had to put up with them. Some more successful than others, but in the early days, we had to make do mainly with those set in the beat-em-up genre. Various games on the Mega Drive and SNES depicted various superheroes, Spider-Man, Captain America, America, Avengers, X-Men, Batman, you name the comic, chances are there was a game that came with it. But what did these games have in common was that, given the technology available, they all follow pretty much the same formula. Travel from one end of the screen, scrolling across the city and punching people. So I've asked the guys, who are called Don and Gareth, to just come up with a game. Don't come up with it. It has to have actually existed. Uh, that would have existed on each generation. Uh, so, Gareth, we're talking about the uh, SNES Mega Drive days. Is there a game in particular that stood out for you that you enjoyed playing? Uh, well, it's actually uh, the only one I could think of that I played around that time was actually for the NES. Yes. And it was Batman for the NES. Uh, it was really cool. You could wall jump, which was the earliest game I've seen with that in it. Uh, you throw batarangs, punch people in the face. Yeah. Generally, be Batman, and uh, it actually had fairly good graphics for being in this game. Yeah, which was uh, very impressive. And did you feel like Batman? That's the important thing. I, I kind of did. It was a simpler time yeah. uh, before I, I knew what we'd be capable of. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, Don, we know that you haven't played any superhero games. This is true. They were just the a bit rubbish when I was growing up, and uh, kind of. What did you them. think of them when you were growing? Because you were a cool guy, weren't you, when you were growing up? It was very cool. Very cool. Cool, cool, not tall. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were kind of you were down in arcades. You played Turtles every now and then, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, um, definitely. I, I was always on Turtles yeah. rather, than, rather than Street Fighter Two. I was on Turtles. There you go, Gareth. Uh, Don, run with it, go. It's true. They're not. Are they superheroes though? I don't yeah. know if they're superheroes. Well, the yes, thing they was, are. Back, when, back in the days of the SNES and the Mega Drive, every game cost like sixty quid. So, I think I ended up owning only about five or six SNES games the entire time because they cost so much, and I was about ten or eleven, and obviously I yeah. had not had a lot less than sixty quid to spend on games very often. So I have to rely on getting them for my birthday or Christmas and stuff like that. Didn't you come the from a affluent family? Sorry? Didn't you come from a very affluent family? No. <laughs> oh. 
not particularly. Sorry about that, Doc. It's alright. It's not your fault, Rob. You weren't to know. Oh, it wasn't. It's not your fault. It's not your fault they couldn't provide for us. I just, I just always think it's best to presume that someone came from a very rich background. <laughs> yeah, just presume they were okay. right, and then uh, talk to them on that level. Yeah. It's the way it works. It's, it's true. Most people do that. Then they have to go through the awkward phase again. Well, actually, we used to... Uh, have to sleep in the dirt and eat tap water sandwiches. Oh my god! So, you know, and used to play the shoebox rather than the computer. <laughs> just have some sorry, crayons. Sorry, I just use some crayons to draw on the on the on the screen that was wasn't plugged in because we couldn't afford the electricity. Oh my god! This is really sad. It's turned into <laughs> a really sad. Right, but mine was Don. Batman Returns on the uh, Mega Drive. I remember I, I was in the same sort of predicament with you. I wasn't as poor as you was by the sounds of it, but there was a, a little uh, there was a little um, uh, game a sort of I don't even know what it was. It was like a convenience store, like a newsagent. But um, down the back of it, the guy had made his own little rental service, and uh, I'd always rent the games there. And I think Batman Returns was the first kind of movie tie-in game that I played that captured the essence of the film, the darkness of the film, the locations of the film. Uh, being able to glide as Batman as well was pretty good. But obviously, thinking back as a child, I wasn't sort of thinking as the game as I was now. I just remember enjoying it so, so much, Don. And it was fantastic. And I'm sorry you had to draw on a shoebox in crayons what you wanted to draw that's okay well, you know I've, I've moved on from there it's fine <laughs> well by the era of playstation 1 and n64 the superheroes had moved on to three dimensions and a few other notable games took advantage of it apart from superman 64 that was awful also one-on-one beat-em-ups got in on the acts with Capcom's Marvel superheroes. Uh, the game that I loved most from the PlayStation era, because Gareth's probably going to say Spider-Man, knowing him, uh, was Blade. Um, I love the Blade film. I think Blade is a great character. Uh, Gareth probably not too keen on him. Uh, I know, looking at the game again, it doesn't look like much. And even back then it wasn't. But I just enjoy being Blade. He's probably my favourite Marvel superhero after Wolverine and I think it's a shame that we haven't had the definitive Blade um, game because he is ready made to be a gaming action star uh, where does Blade rate on your superhero love Gareth? Um, I'm not that familiar you with him like, you don't really like vampires do you? Uh, not as much as other people that first Blade film is fine yeah. And I saw like clips of Blade Three and saw that it had Triple H in it, yeah, that which was... had me intrigued. But I still never seen it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just like Blade as a character. I find him very interesting. That he's half vampire, half person, and they call him the Daywalker. And I uh, just think he's fascinating the way he uses a sword, guns, all sorts of things. Uh, really done well into the game. Obviously, it was a PlayStation One game. So it wasn't too sexy, but uh, the block graphics were a bit blocky. But I don't think it was the game as much as I just really like the character Blade. Uh, not a lot of people are up on Blade, 
but I think he's fantastic. You you just have this love of dangerous black men, though, don't you? I do. You know, it's it's really is one of those great, great. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Something deep but within I your psyche. Call, just I wouldn't draws call you uh, Blade dangerous. I mean, he wouldn't attack you, for instance. He protects you from vampires. Well, he might. Depends. Depends where we are. Might confuse me. <laughs> it did confuse you, Don. You're just trying not to be racist. <laughs> it's very hard in this day and age, and we have been conditioned to get very on edge when we're talking about race, apart from Gareth. What? So, Gareth, <laughs> what game is it that you loved during the PlayStation 1 and N64 era? Uh, unfortunately, I can't really think. Fantastic. I've anything off the top of my head that I played in the N64 era specifically. Uh, apart from maybe somewhat weird, like Mischief Makers. That was weird. Oh, like, great. Something about that, whatever that was. It was a game where the main power super main character's superpower was to shake things. Oh, what a great fucking superpower. <laughs> it's the only game that kind of springs to my mind as superhero, even though it's really. It's made by Treasure, which is a. Very yeah, good. they're a great, great, great company. They are! Oh, fine. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, they are really good, Treasurer. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that to be naughty. Well, it sounded uh, like you were being naughty. I wasn't being naughty, Gareth. <laughs> uh, then we go on, obviously, to the PlayStation 2 arrived, and the next generation was rife with terrible cashings that ruined people's faith in anything superhero-related. If it had a superhero in the box, it was probably best to avoid it at all costs. But there were a few that were generally fun to play and stand up as really good games in their own right. Now, I know Gareth's going to go with Spider-Man 2. He absolutely loves that game, and I love that game too, Gareth. I'm not being rude. But I really loved Rogue Troop. Uh, this was a game that not a lot of people played, which is why I thought I would champion it. Um, it kind of played like a rough Gears of War it had the same sort of cover mechanic and shooting skills. This was before Gears of War came along, so it can be forgiven for being a little bit rusty around the edges. Mm. But what made it really interesting, and a game in its own right, is that I had never read the Rogue Trooper comics or known anything about him. All I knew that it was a half-decent game. And playing it, it kind of explained what was going on, it explained everything, so you didn't really need to be up on everything that was based in the Rogue Trooper world. And it was basically how you got to use every weapon in that his comrades fell. They were all clones of each other. I don't know if they were clones or if they are a race of people, Don. Can you help me out? They're clones. They're clones. Okay, so they all die, or they don't all die, or they do all die because he's the last of his kind. But some of his troops and his squad mates, he takes the chip from them and puts it in to various parts of his equipment. So his helmet will be, oh, don't, Gareth, don't be cheeky. His helmet will be a friend, uh, the gun will be a friend, um, and you could kind of use the gun as a turret and you could set it down and save leave traps for other people. His helmet, I kind of forget what that was used for now because I played it quite a long time ago, but I know that I loved it. Uh, really good game. You could probably still play it now, actually, to this very day and still find it brilliant. 
and uh, it was just such a shame that it was overlooked because it wasn't the sexiest of video game license. You know, Judge Dredd is the darling in that kind of company. Uh, it's not got a chance in anything Marvel related or DC related, but it was just a fantastic game. It played well. It had a fantastic atmosphere. And also, uh, honourable mentions have to go to The Punisher, which I absolutely loved. If you want to play a dark game that really does the license justice, then it's that. It's loosely based on the Tom Jane film, with a little bit of the uh, comic thrown in there. Uh, and also Marvel vs. Capcom 2. You can't go anywhere about mentioning that, Gareth. Uh, I because was... I think... I was going to mention Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for the 360 when we get to that, but now I don't need was... to. No, you do, because oh. I like to hear what you think of them. I think one-on-one beat-em-ups or two-on-two or these tag team are a really good place to really showcase the powers of each uh, each of the superheroes. You know, it's not necessarily tightly balanced like something like Street Fighter 4, but just on a purely sort of visual level of all the powers coming together that is absolutely fantastic Gareth will now tell us about Spider-Man 2 <laughs> well I am going to tell you about <laughs> Spider-Man 2 but I do want to give my honourable mention to Beautiful Joe not Thank based you. on a comic book but still definitely a superhero game uh, and one of the probably one of the best superhero games I think we can all agree I, I can agree with that good I can, I can agree with that it's uh, also one I've so actually you played did I play one Don well, if you don't think of him as a traditional, he's not, you know... That's why he's I'm not one here. of your Marvel DC superheroes, so he gets left out, I guess. Quite a lot. Poor yeah. fella. Well, my choice for best uh, superhero game of the GameCube era is Spider-Man 2. Because even since, even in the years since, probably the decade since, no game has made you feel like Spider-Man like that game did. The web-slinging was absolutely perfect. The sense of scale of the city was fantastic and the sense of speed you got as you were web slinging was unreal like yeah there's even as far as we've come with technology it seems like no games even attempted to try and match it but it seems like it was just sort of a perfect lightning in a bottle moment where that game just happened to perfectly encapsulate spider-man and no one's had the balls to even try and uh Go after yeah, it's it like since. they're kind of scared to sort of add on to that web swinging dynamic because every game from now on has just got simpler uh, and more simplistic as it's gone along. But if you could do a, a quite complex web slinging uh, sort of mechanic, it could be still be very very interesting to play. Yeah, because it was still quite difficult, like. Yeah. You had to proper make sure you were going in the right direction all the time. And there were quite a lot of controls to worry about, like running along walls and web zipping mm. yourself to things to gain momentum and stuff. But people are prepared to go through that level of complexity when the result is, when you get it down, you feel like you're Spider-Man because everything is just second nature. If yeah. You feel like if you go back to that game, which I did like two years ago or something like that, you go out yeah. to that game, it's like hopping on a bike. It's like you never forget yeah. how to web sling in Spider-Man 2. Do you remember that one where you sort of shot a web to one building while you were stationary, shot up one to another building, and then sort of pulled yourself back and then catapulted? Yeah, you just sort of hold the trigger down for the left hand. Yeah. To fire your left out, then you hold the trigger down for the right hand, fire that, and you have both webs going at once. 
It's really, yeah. Yes. Really intuitive. They, they just, they seem to not realise that that was the main reason everyone loved the game. You know, it wasn't the combat as such. It wasn't sort of the story or the movement on the ground. It was the web swinging. It made you feel like Spider-Man and it hasn't been matched since. Yeah. And I think that's a real shame because, you know, the Arkham Asylum games have grown up. And, you know, let's be honest, the amazing Spider-Man and stuff like that that they've been releasing haven't been getting great reviews. So you would think to yourself, hang on a minute, maybe if we just do a new web swinging dynamic, maybe we could get people on that way. Um, but they just they just don't seem interested in it. Mm. That is what Spider-Man is. Make it more complex. Make it rewarding to be able to swing. Because it's, it's almost as if it's become as mind-numbing as the uh, actual control have. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not special, it's just a way of getting around, whereas in Spider-Man 2, it felt special. It felt like yeah. a reason to own a game. Like, you felt happy owning Spider-Man 2 because of yeah. this one thing that was so much fun. And even when you completed the game, you'd put it on now and then and just swing around the city because it felt so brilliant and so... Oh, just brilliant. Like, you could just swing along and you knew that you were a few inches away from the floor and it was just fantastic. But I think... That era, the PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube era, was so hit and miss with superhero games. You got brilliant games like that, and also the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yeah. Which, which what we're talking about these games, all of them are brilliant because they encapsulate what it is about that superhero that makes them special. Uh, it was just the Hulk's pure destruction. It was Spider-Man's web slinging. But then you've got absolutely awful superhero games, like the Batman ones. Um, they were terrible on PlayStation 2. Uh, I think there was a terrible Superman one. There were no good DC games in that generation that I remember. Yeah. Even the M- X-Men ones were pretty poor. Uh, was that uh, so one it's where it's like four-player and you all can be uh, fighting at once? It's like a top-down uh, fighting game. X-Men Legends? No, it was... Oh, I feel like you could be like Captain America or Iron Man or some X-Men or... What, and it's a top-down view? Yeah, kind of like a... like a, Almost like a Streets of Boulder's Rage. Boulder's Gate? What? Was it like Boulder's Gate? Yeah. Because that was X-Men Legends. Oh, I feel like there was a... No, because you could be Captain America, you could be Iron Man, you could be the Hulk. Yeah. I don't remember what it... You'll have to have a look, Gareth. Don't get confused. Alright, I'll have a look. That's the worst thing to do. (laughs) Uh, So then, obviously, on to the Xbox 360. And I think this is a time where companies have pretty much given up. In the early days of the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, you would get those movie tie-ins. But now what it seems is, even with a massive multi-million pound summer launch blockbuster, such as the Avengers Age of Ultron, and to not have a sort of video game adaptation of it would seem pretty much ludicrous uh, even a few years ago. But I think companies have moved away from that now because they realise that they can't do the games justice. They just don't have the time, they don't have the resources, and there aren't uh, development studios out there that are talented enough to turn around even an Xbox One game in that short period of time that short window so we've obviously with the Xbox 360 towards the end of its life there wasn't that many sort of superhero games Uh, 
but it carried on you know we got the likes of Spider-Man pretty much staying in the same sort with got it genre that it, what was it Gareth Marvel Ultimate Alliance yeah then it, that turned into X-Men Legends yeah yeah fantastic Ultimate Alliance that wasn't a bad game in itself but uh that's what I was saying the, the games pretty much stayed the same but the game that I liked was X-Men Origins Wolverine yep I, uh, that was mine I was going to pick <laughs> you, you wasn't going to pick that Gareth okay okay uh, you just said that to try and impress Don <laughs> and Don you've actually got a game in this one haven't you I have in this, in this era I think it's uh, probably the one that basically everybody uh, has played if they've played a superhero game in, uh, in the Xbox 360 PS3 generation and that was uh, Batman Batman that's, uh, that's that's his mother. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> um, Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, which was bloody brilliant. It uh, kind of yes. finally really captured the uh, the feel of uh, Batman Gotham City, and uh, obviously the main thing that I had going for it was this brilliant control system, and uh, it's really refined and the way it integrated the controls with your fighting moves which developed as you went through the game and you unlocked more moves and your gadgets that you had with you and just the way they implemented it all together meant you could really smoothly engage multiple enemies all at the same time and just take them all down and uh, you felt really powerful because you knew if you were doing things right you could actually defeat a crowd of enemies that would otherwise overwhelm you if the game had been uh, poorly made but this one was just fucking awesome I think that was the best part about it was the, the way the control system really integrated itself into the world. Um, it's fantastic. Loved it. And I think that's when developers realised that they didn't necessarily have to develop a game based around a blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. When they yeah, bought true. the rights, they could make in their own right a gaming series that could be revered uh, because it was all around sort of. There was a Batman Begins game. I remember that. And then there wasn't really any Dark Knight games and stuff to go with that, but we had this Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham Asylum series of games. And what they did is, rather than just worrying about the movies or what was going on in the movies or making a like-for-like gaming series of the movies, they actually did the comic books justice. And they realised that, you know, hang on, if we can do this right, not only do we have a critically acclaimed game, but we also have a series of games that we can release uh, a yeah. few years down the line. And I think yeah. that's the real difference now, rather than yeah, that's... just releasing a one-off. Yeah, that's the reason it worked, is because they took on the character, not some movie plot story they had to work yeah. out. They took on the character and did that right. How can we make Batman be Batman in a video game? And uh, they really they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Gareth, you loved X-Men Origins Wolverine, didn't you? It's like, that game has no right to be anywhere near as good as it is. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. It's based off a terrible film. Yeah. Um, and it basically it uses that film as, you know, like the uh, Batman example you just gave, as just an excuse to make an awesome Wolverine game. It doesn't really have that much to do with the film. No. Um, it goes way further than the film ever did, uh, having you fight like giant sentinels and stuff, which never even happens in the film. And yeah, the, it's violent. One of the first things you do in that game is you shove a guy's head into 
helicopter uh, rotors yeah. and just absolutely chop his head <laughs> off and there's blood flying everywhere. Wolverine, when he gets injured, you'll see his rib cage and his intestines inside him and then his yeah, skin will yeah. slowly heal back over it as you regain health. Just everything about it was just awesome. It just, like we say, what we've got running through all of these games that we chose, it is what is Wolverine and it's like rather than what is the film, how can we make the film into a game? It's how can we make Wolverine who he is and it it never gets dull, the gameplay never gets dull. It seems that it should. You feel in your mind that it should, but it never gets dull. Jumping from person to person, there was that excellent mechanic, wasn't there? Of the jumping pounds. on someone, just pounding on their faces, and then looking at someone else and then just jumping at them, pouncing on them. And it, you did really feel like Wolverine. There was none of this pissing about of, you know, oh, Wolverine never actually hurts anyone with his claws or hitting them with your claws and then it feeling just like you're punching them. You actually felt like you were just digging your claws into them. Yeah, I mean, the, the it, opening cutscene of that game is a guy puts his ear to a wall to hear what's on the other side. Then Wolverine's claws come through the guy's head, through yeah. the wall. And it's just like, yes, finally! Wolverine yeah, putting his claws through it. some twat's head. Yes. Yeah. Because that is Wolverine. That's what he will do. He's got them. They'll go through your head. <laughs> so, but that is it. It's, uh, even the movies, and I was trying to watch um, the movies and stuff, and they still don't seem to get it. I just want him to go through everyone and just cut their heads off. But, you know, that's politically incorrect nowadays, isn't it, to do that? But, yeah, it was a really weird, a really weird game. There was some sort of supernatural elements at times, wasn't there, in the kind of... Aztec ruins that he went to. Uh, there was kind of a rock monster. There was all this sort of strange stuff, and it was Hugh Jackman's face, wasn't it? Yeah. I but think yeah, Will I Am was in that game. Really? Or, or were you on drugs? <laughs> no, they like they definitely used his exact face capture in that okay, game. Okay, I'll have to look. I'll have to look deeper into that one, Gareth. But um, like I say, to have that long of a console generation cycle and find it hard for all three of us to come up with a game each tells you really the the state that the superhero games were in and I think we've come to the point now where like we say with Arkham Origins Arkham Asylum Arkham City you know I think developers are really seeing the benefit of sort of licensing a superhero but then going off and doing their own thing and I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future rather than you know because we've this this generations we've had we've had the likes of Iron Man we've had uh, you know them awful ones made by Sega did you see those? yeah if you haven't seen them look on YouTube absolutely broken messages of games uh, we've had Captain America which supposedly wasn't that bad because it ripped from Arkham Asylum quite a lot we've had the Hulk we've had um, the Spider-Man games but like we say they, they all sort of collapse at the feet of Batman and even you know Wolverine was superb and well, Wolverine the Wolverine, sorry Gareth it's all, I was going to say well it's kind of weird that some of the most faithful comic book adaptations we've gotten in video game form have been the Lego games like Lego yeah. Batman and Lego Marvel Heroes like both pretty faithful recreations of those universes and also really fun and interesting. But at the same time, not appealing for everyone. Because for me, 
I kind of like my games a certain way. And if you say, oh, don't worry about it, here, play the Lego games, that's not a good substitute for me. Oh, missing out. Okay. I know, I've tried playing them, but they're all pretty much the same, let's be honest. Any game where I get to play as the Flash is a good game. There you go, and maybe there will be a Flash game soon. I doubt it. There will be, Gareth. He was in Injustice Gods Among Us, and I was happy with that. Yeah. That'll tide me over for a while. Okay, so there we have it. Superhero games, they're not as sort of instant sellers as they used to be there's not even that any on the horizon that I can think of apart from Arkham Knight but uh, hopefully with the um, rise of the TV series sort of the Flash Arrow uh, what's the one that's just come out Daredevil. Daredevil maybe we'll start getting sort of games similar to that in that they make their own kind of series and for that we shall be eternally faithful So what have we been playing this week? Uh, Gareth? Uh, have you been playing anything other than your great beta that you paid £11 for a skin, but a skin that you're very happy to be in? Um, I have. Uh, this week was the welcome back weekend for people who are in the uh, beta for Elder Scrolls Online. Okay, welcome back, Gareth. Oh, cheers, mate. Uh, got to play that for the weekend. Okay, any up, improvements? Well, uh, I only ended up playing about six hours of it. Um, oh, dear, that's not good for you. No. The main problem with it is so it's an Elder Scrolls game in most senses so like the exploration picking up a load of random shit and then selling it and finding out your inventory's full and getting really annoyed with yourself like oh do I drop this piece of armor that's worth a bit more to pick up this other thing or I want to keep these ingredients because they're going to be good for crafting like all this kind of stuff is really good that's what I love about Elder Scrolls the only problem is the combat in the game um it has an MMO-ness to it, which is very unsatisfying. So, yeah. like in, um, for example, let's take Skyrim, the best game of all time. Um, you. If you have a sword out and you swing your sword and the enemy character like backs away, you'll miss. Because yes. obviously, when you were swinging the sword, the character moved and that's fine. But because it's an MMO... It's got that sort of turn-based thing to it, where if I swing a sword at an enemy, and the enemy moves out of the way, the attack's still going to hit, because the game needs to work out damage um, based on characters, like specific characters around it, if that makes sense. Because you could have 30 people attacking one thing, and if that thing is like moving out of the way of 20 of those people, like the game's going to have a really hard time measuring that um, hit. Spe- uh, specifically, so what I happens? I think that will put on my um, that will put off my console brethren. Uh, probably, and it to be honest, it kind of probably should. Yeah. Um, like I got into a situation where I've been doing this quest line where there's some people who want to assassinate a queen, and I was going to go stop them. So I was in their lair, and like three of them attacked me at once. Um, 
And I primarily been playing a spellcaster, like summoning things. So I summoned my creature and it was attacking some of them. Um, but they were still kind of coming after me. And so I was backing up and the enemies would like do an animation of a swing and I'd just be running backwards. By yeah. the time the swing finished, I was like two meters away from them. But because by the time they started their swing, I was in range, I was still getting hit. Yeah. And it just didn't feel satisfying at all. It felt like the worst way they could possibly have made the combat. Uh, well, it takes this. skill out of the equation, doesn't it? It really does. Like, I'm backing up. I have my shield out ready to block things, but I'm just running backwards, basically, because yeah. I'm out of stamina. They run up to me, do a long animation, and as I'm running away, it still hits me, and it's just... For, for the character I was playing, where the focus is on casting spells... I need to be able to not get hit by things, which yeah. normally in Elder Scrolls game is just avoiding. Like being able to move out of the way of a character strikes intuitively is one of the great things about Elder Scrolls combat. Yeah, or if you've got a heavy sort of warrior and they swing an axe and just hit it, it's sort of like um, also in uh, Dark Souls has made a living from it. Yeah, you know, is that perfect timing? And if you take that away from something, I can imagine that the combat the combat becomes rather sort of unfulfilling yeah it, it, i mean it's fine like one-on-one like i'll just cast some lightning at somebody and they'll eventually fall down but anything more complicated than that and it it just kind of falls apart like i couldn't i tried about five different times to get past these three people but every yeah. time they would just sprint at me and all their attacks would always be able to hit because i didn't have stamina to block because i'm a spellcaster and it was just, I just stopped having fun. And it was like a brick wall because up until that point, all the fights had been relatively easy. And then yeah. all of a sudden, here's just three people that I cannot get past because I happen to be this type of character. And I just stopped yeah. playing. I was like, well, it completely took, it completely took the legs out from underneath me because I was enjoying it. It was an Elder Scrolls game. You know, you run around talking to people and they'll, Give yeah. you attitude because you're a certain race or whatever. Because oh there's a lot of racism in those games, and especially when yeah. you're an elf, people don't seem to like elves. Yeah, they, they're quite bad towards them, aren't they? Yeah, which is really weird. But yeah, it's just it was a shame because I was really looking forward to that game, and yeah. I'm I'm kind of glad I got into this free weekend because I was ready to just straight up buy it. Go into it again. Yeah. Uh, and now I don't think I'll do that. Until no. it's at least like half the price it is now. Anyway. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of console players that are going to be quite sort of taken aback at how it performs. And uh, not having that instant gratification of winning fairly, not just losing someone because they're more powerful than you are. Yeah, It's nice to sometimes fight someone that's power- more powerful than you are, but beating them fairly, you know? Yeah. And feeling good about it. Yeah, I mean, you could fight dragons in Skyrim and you never felt like it was bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you could lose or you could get destroyed, but at the same time you think, I'll be back for you one day, boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, Gareth, thank you for that. Sorry. Now we're on to a new part of the show uh, called Don's Rehabilitation, uh, where we ask him every week to perform a feat on a game that isn't uh, Destiny, so he can come off of him slowly and this week we've asked him to perform the prologue uh, and a bit of the first story mission on Wolfenstein and it's time to see now if Don not only did it but what he felt 
during the time he played it. <laughs> oh, imagine if I hadn't done it. I can imagine it. <laughs> It'd be a good imagine way to just easy. destroy it, yeah. <laughs> but it was quite an easy task to do, wasn't it, Don? It wasn't uncomfortable. It was, especially, I mean, I had to... I've had a free weekend, so I, you know, yeah. I've managed to uh, get through the things I wanted to do on a certain other game. And then uh, Sunday came oh, along, yeah. and I'm like, I've done all my done all my cleaning. My house is nice and tidy. It's all freshly hoovered. Yeah. So I sit down nice. and put on. Let's put on the game of Wolfenstein, and yeah. that's exactly what I did. There we go. So yeah, I think you wanted me to play up to meet to meet Keller. Is that his name? Uh, yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. He's a simple friend. <laughs> Keller. No, Keller's a German. Yes. Is that the woman? No, Keller's a man who you get out of a boot of your car. Ah, yes. Yes, him. Yes. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so, put in on Wolfenstein, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a good game so far. I'll yes. tell you how far I've played in a minute, but, um, oh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it it's uh, it's a uh, it is as a first person shooter. <laughs> it's, You're trying it's to find words. Shooter, that aren't it's, it's quite, I know. It's first person shooter. It is. It's generally quite good. Um, yeah. uh, I had to get used to not being able to double jump, which has been <laughs> what oh, you can do in Destiny. It's rehabilitation, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but obviously that made sense. <clears throat> the yeah. story itself, as it's been told and going along, the actual story arc and the way it's told through uh, uh, the eyes of the NPCs, like uh, the Scottish guy whose name I've already forgotten. Um, let's call him McDonaghan. Let's call him McDonaghan because that's yeah. as good a Scottish name as any other. Um, was really good. I like the way the story's been kind of unfolding in that sense. Um, and that that whole first section that you play is actually a prologue because I completely forgotten the game hadn't actually started until you do that yeah. whole first mission with with them attacking uh, attacking that base at the beginning, and then the credits start and you go, oh yeah, the actual game started now. And then because yeah. that first bit, I kind of taken a while to, to go through because I like to go through games fairly methodically I'm quite I'll go That's off and look in corners and things I won't generally race through games in the game in the game yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah uh, so it actually handles pretty well there's some nice mechanics in there it feels pretty good um, I quite like the weapons um, the whole weapon swapping wheel thing not too bad um, but I, when did I play through I played through through the first section after the credits uh, Matt Keller did what had to be done with Keller uh, and I'm trying not to give any people spoilers if you haven't played it because um, it's very story based the, the story yeah, is yeah but it's their fault they haven't played it Don it's their <laughs> fault it's £12 it's tr- true I mean I picked it up what several months ago and this was the uh, the special edition of it the occupied yeah. edition that comes with like some a booklet and postcards and things I picked that up for 15 quid, brand yeah. new still in its wrapper um Anyway, yeah, it's so I I did like it for what it was, and I went to the part I got to the part where you wanted me to play up to. I was enjoying yeah. it, so I kept playing, and I played through to the bridge, and opened the bridge so that the, the old guy could drive the car through. And then something happened as soon as that as soon as we got through the bridge, to the other side, the old man basically you get up to this bridge because you're trying to get away from the Nazis basically. Um, you get to one side, the old man stops his car and says, clear out all the Nazis from here so we can oh, open yeah, yeah, the bridge. It's quite dark, isn't it? It's raining. Yeah, yeah. So you go through yeah. you go through the whole little complex on one side of the bridge, you kill the Nazis, you open the bridge, um, the, or the, the gate in the bridge, you drive through, 
Then the car stops, and the old man yeah. says to you, get out and go and kill all those Nazis just ahead of us. And at that point, I was like, okay, you've just told me to do that. I've now done it, opened the bridge, gone through, and now you're telling me to do that exact same thing again. That's and cool. I And oh, I God. don't want to. I'd, I'd, I'd actually you're like a point. child when it comes to games. <laughs> no, no, listen to me. This is... This yeah. is part. This is where I got to. A, this is why I stopped playing at that point, point. Um, and didn't just keep going. Although I was enjoying it, it was. Yeah. I just felt like the game had suddenly gone. Um, okay, you've just. The point of this whole game now is you go to an area, you clear out the enemies. Um, you get to the next area, you clear out the enemies. You get to the next area, you clear out the enemies. And I'm going. This is beginning to get repetitive, and I'm starting to get annoyed with that. And that's that's that's, that's why it stopped. That's part. That's the biggest reason that I stopped playing at that point. And the story is really interesting, and I want to go through and find out. There's a, there's a lot of different characters in it. They're all quite well fleshed out. It's quite interesting. There's some yeah. moral decisions to make um, quite early on because um, there's like two paths you can take in the game, uh, and you have to make a kind of moral decision on, you know, basically who lives and who dies, sort of thing, which, which is, is generally quite difficult to make. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, uh, that so that whole story part of it and where it goes and you know what's going to happen. I'm because I'm, I've not I'm not made to. I know that London features in the the game quite a lot, so I've not actually got there yet. I'm still in Poland, so um, I'm looking forward to getting there and but see that what looks like. Is the last bit that you do with that guy? I, I figure that, it kind of is, yeah. Because you get I, the two mech suits that you couldn't beat, because that's why you got annoyed, wasn't it? No, no, no. There's nothing to beat. I, I literally got through the bridge. The old man stopped the car again and said. Go and kill all the enemies so we can get through. And I'm like, what, I just said, I just... Look, I'm, yeah, I know you're getting bored. I know you've done this before, but could I just please ask that you just clear out this area as well? Would you <laughs> be more open to do it? No, I, I, I just got to that point. I'm going, hang on, this is the linearity of the game. Then became really just really shone a light on the linearity of the game. And I'm like, it just reminded me of I'm playing an old school FPS now, where yeah. there is a level, there's a single path through it. You can't just wander off the beaten track and, and go and do what you want. Um, no. You can only do certain things within don't certain hold areas. Don't that against it, Don. No, I know. I'm, you know, but that's that's just that that you know. I'm not. I'm going to go back to it. And I'm going to I'm going to keep playing it because I, I, I do enjoy it and I do want to complete the story because it does look good. But that part where it just really niggled me. Another thing that I'd, I'd found annoying so far, going back to this sort of game, is things like ammo and armor pickups. And you have to go up to and search them and then point at them and then click pick up. Oh, so scroll and, on. You have to click pick up on every piece of ammo or armor that you come across. And I'm like, yeah. it's the same button as the reload button as well. So sometimes <laughs> you're having a firefight with a bunch of guys, you're shooting them and you're going, oh, there's more ammo there. You're standing over the ammo, you go to grab the ammo because you need some more ammo, but you're still shooting at some guys. But the gun reloads instead. So you've stopped shooting and you suddenly open to fire without being able to defend yourself. And I decide, I don't want to reload. I just want to pick up all that fucking ammo that's down there because I'm going to need it in a minute. But yeah. it, and that, start, that, that bit kind of annoys me. And I don't like the fact that uh, there's things to collect in this game, which is fine. But like I say, I kind of, I'm one of those people who wants to find all the little collectibles. There's a whole load of Enigma pages and notes yeah. and kind of gold pieces and stuff to find during the game. So I'll go off going to find these Enigma pieces. And what it does is it, it for me anyway, it slows down the pace of the game because I'll go, right, I've killed a bunch of people here. There's no one around. Now I'm going to go and like 
look around. Yeah, have a look around. Have, have, uh, there's a room back there I know that I didn't properly look in. So I'm going to go back there, have a look at this room, see if there is something. And and that just slowed down the pace of the game for me, trying to find all these bits and pieces. And I don't, I, I, it, that started to grate on me as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't like collectibles. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind them in some sense, but also you can't go back and get stuff. if Once you've cleared an area and you've gone to the next checkpoint, yeah. you can't Especially go back. Especially in, and... in a linear game, it's counterproductive. Yeah, yeah, because you, it, it, it ruins the kind of speed and yeah. pace of the game. Especially when you're in war and you're like, I need to get through here. You've got, you know, even though you know your, your NPCs are on the radio and they go, we're going to run to attack, please, you know, get here quick or do this quicker. You know they're not going to die, but you still... That sense of urgency is good to have in a game, you know, especially when it's focused on specifically on a war game where everything is, you're getting shot at, you need to get through quick, your men are under attack. But to have that break in speed because of all these unnecessary pickups, just, it just felt slightly out of place and it, it didn't, I just I decided I didn't like it. <laughs> That's rude. But... I don't like, you know, and when you get to the end and you go, oh, you found, you found 11 out of 12 hidden pieces. Like, fuck's sake, there's yeah. one piece. And I'm sure I looked in every bastard room. And, uh... and when, it, when it's something like that that's not integral to the game and yeah. that ruins it for someone, it just seems like such a shame, such a waste. It's Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, if you go back through it, maybe, and pick them up, yeah. then, then fair enough, I suppose. But I don't know. That was one thing that Tomb Raider got absolutely right. It had the same bunch of pickups that were optional, a bunch of, of like, old relics and stuff like that but you could fast travel to any camps and it would tell you you've missed x number in this camp you could fast travel to that camp at any time and just go and pick up those find that just find those collectibles and do it that way but i'm presuming you can't do that in this game once you've completed it you can go <laughs> back to levels i know that <laughs> yeah but then but... fighting through the whole thing and I, I don't know but anyway but that and combined with the stop and get out the car go and kill these enemies uh, okay then yeah. Okay, now go through the gate. Okay, now go and kill all these enemies. Like, Dude, you just told me to do that two minutes ago. I don't... It just broke that. It really hit the wall, the, that point. It just went, you're yeah. playing a game, and these are their limits to this. Um, it was really weird. But it just it was really weird going back to an old first-person shooter that is that kind of... The linearity and, okay, you yeah. have to do X, Y, and Z before you can go anywhere else in the game, and you are trapped but in this you time. But, you know, here. me and Gareth... Um, speak. I think I can speak on behalf of Gareth. We're so proud of you. Mm. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to, but you've taken that first step forward. It is. It is generally a good, genuinely a good game yeah. though, as a first FPS. And like I say, the story is is so far quite interesting. And there's obviously there's a ton of characters in it. Uh, it yeah. looks really interesting. No, it's really uh, good. And if if you can kind of get it out of your mind, to have to collect. Every last scrap piece of paper. Yeah, I'm thinking that when I go back, when I when I when I pick it up again, I'm gonna just ignore all that collectible. Yeah, just ignore. One thing I I did do though, um, I I restarted a checkpoint on purpose, right, really near the start of the game, because um, uh, there's actually more than one route through a lot of levels. Yeah. Um, so I I discovered this by going um, the first, but you have to find uh, you have to get into this bunker thing, and there's a you need a bomb to get in. So. I've gone up to a gone to a section, seen that there's like a, like a load of shells in a room, and there's a little thing that says, "Oh, you need a bomb if you're going to blow these up." So, okay, fair enough. Then you go through a bit further, and you come to a giant iron gate, and there's a bomb in a room next to this giant iron gate. So you just kind of automatically walk up to it, and it just attaches the bomb to the gate and blows the gate up, and you go through. And I'm yeah. thinking, well, hang on, but, um, there's a shitload of these massive shells over there, and what if I was to 
use the bomb on those instead. What is it going to be better if I do that? Is it going to do something else to the game? Is this going to be a shortcut to killing that giant walking laser eye thing that's wandering around? Yeah. So I restarted the thing and went back and took the bomb back to the other place to do that instead. And it actually takes you through a different path. You end up getting um, a silencer for your pistol, which comes in well handy. Yeah, it um, does. And um, it's it's a better way of going through the game, I think. Um, so uh, multiple paths are great, but I don't want to have to repeat a game to find the, them all out. And, and you don't go... have to, Don. I, I feel like I do that. I'm like, I oh, know, this, this is a different it, mentality. Like, if I went through it this way, like if I hadn't done that, I would have missed out on the silencer for the pistol. I wouldn't have been able to get the, the reward for doing silent kills on, on commanders. And then upgrading that thing, so I'd have missed out on the game. Do you game take a different I, I, route into work every day? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but this isn't this isn't work. <laughs> it's not. It's enjoyability, if that's a word. That's uh, enjoyability should be a word. Thank uh, you. Quite... I'm presuming that other than that, you've just played Destiny. Uh, yeah, I did. After I switched off that point where I was going, this is just. I don't want to do this repetitive thing now. I put on Destiny, which everyone <laughs> winced about being repetitive. <laughs> Very repetitive. And, and I did feel like it was repetitive, which is really um, a bizarre concept. Well, hopefully you're going to wean yourself off of it. Uh, and next week, Gareth will give you your next challenge. <laughs> okay? Because we can't give you too many challenges because you'll just rebel. That's true. Uh, this week, I have been playing on the PS Vita. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but it's quite sad to see the PS Vita because it is a great console and it doesn't deserve to be where it is right now. Uh, just I don't know where it is right now. It's so off the radar, you can't even tell where it is on the radar. Um, <laughs> but I downloaded Retro City Rampage because that was three pounds, uh-huh. and um, it's a lovely little homish homage to the uh, the old Grand Theft Auto games. And it started life as a kind of homebrew game. What's the difference between homebrew and indie now, Gareth? Is indie just a new homebrew? Um, yeah, I guess it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it started off with someone trying to convert the entirety of Grand Theft Auto 3 into a, uh, into a, I want to say SNES, but I'm thinking NES. Yeah. Uh, and basically it received more support from then on, and it's kind of developed into a game of its own right. Lots of sort of popular culture references throughout the game. Um. I mean, it's it's not something you can sit down and pay for hours. You know, I think it was one of those indie games that everyone sort of jumped on and said, oh, this is great, and then kind of disappeared a bit after. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's perfectly playable, very old school, In but that's, I suppose that's what it's trying to make. And I think the fun in it is not so much the gameplay or anything like that. It's noticing the references to the stuff like Back to the Future or uh, Metal Gear Solid or getting chased by some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And um, like I say, that is the fun to be had in that game. Uh, Other than that, I haven't really played much. I'm becoming worse than Don, I suppose. (laughs) But like I say, every week, I'm just not seeing anything that's of any interest to me. I was even on the verge of buying Goat Simulator. What's that all about? <laughs> well, if you want to know what Goat Simulator is all about, go to the YouTube channel Game Banter. See oh, yes. Me playing Goat Simulator. Uh, and also, 
whilst watching him doing that, if if you want to take a little break, you can also read the exclusive Max Payne free review, <laughs> which you'll also find on the site. Definitive. Uh, it is the definitive. It's the last word. It is the last <laughs> word in everything Max Payne free related. Uh, but anyway, I think that's about all we've got time for this evening. Um, I'm off to. Do you want to do it? She's shaking her head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously means no. Um, or does it? You know. You know. So uh, if you want to follow Gareth, it's uh, Game Banter on Twitch. No, it's not. It's a thing called Twitch. There's so many things now, isn't there? Twit. Twit. If you want to follow him on Twit, it's at Game Banter. You can ask him questions, but it's not he normally talks about wrestling. So, uh, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Any other things you want to talk about, guys, before we leave this mortal coil for yet another week? Only that I've seen the new Avengers film. Have you? Yeah. Was it in the night? Any good? Reading was there as well. It's good. Yeah, I heard it's uh, mainly CGI. <laughs> <laughs> there is some real life acting also taking place in. Wow, film. really? That's yeah. bigger than. Maybe when uh, Gareth's watched it. When's it out for normal people? Not not for another few days for normal folk. Yeah, so uh, hopefully there could be a special Lights Banter action. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) I would love it to come back. I think it died too early, didn't it? A bit like uh, Firefly. (laughs) Is that what it was called, Firefly? That was a Sweden reference. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that. Fantastic. <laughs> what? No, I literally didn't know that. <laughs> Fantastic. All right then, so we'll see everyone next week. And if you don't want to come back next week, that's your own decision. But give it a few weeks and then pop your head around the corner again. See if you're liking it. If not, that's fine. It's up to you. Different tastes. Different <laughs> podcasts, isn't it? But until then, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.